You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 50 of the Ask Daryl Podcast. The Ask Daryl Podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media, technology, and communications, all dealing with the church, and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Today, I have the privilege of talking to the one and only Katie Allred, who I have the privilege of working with. Katie and I have been working together for almost three years, and I have to say, Katie is the ultimate guru on social media. She knows the ins and outs of all aspects of it. So today, I get to pick her brain, ask her questions about how she does things on a day-to-day basis, her views and opinions on things. And so we have a really good time. And so I wanted to give you this conversation, kind of celebrate the episode 50 and uh, just a little insight of some of the amazing people that I get to work with. Plus stick around towards the end of the conversation and we have an announcement on a joint project that we're working on that we're really both excited about. So thanks again for listening and here's the conversation. I don't know what we're talking about. Oh, so I've got, don't worry, like don't worry. Raw, I have Katie. you. <laughs> this is, don't worry about it, because I've got this covered. Um, I've got questions. Oh. Uh-oh. And I, hopefully you've got the answers, Katie, which I think you do. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Everyone, we're talking to the one, the only Katie Allred, who I've had the privilege of knowing since 2009. Nine? I was going to say 2008, 2009. Yeah. We started working together, um, not doing social media, ironically, working at a kids camp. Yeah, children's camp, guys. Yeah, we're doing production. We were over creative and production for that. And then I came here to Brentwood Baptist, and then I, uh, Katie, joined the team. I really wanted to work for (laughs) Daryl. About three years ago, I think. (laughs) Gosh, almost, yeah, almost quite three years ago. Now, we're getting pretty close to that. Um, So for those of you who don't know Katie, uh, I'm going to brag on her for a few seconds. Um, Katie... This is where I feel feel awkward. (laughs) Katie is... Uh, Katie handles the day-to-day of the social media, but also thinks through the bigger picture for us. Um, she not only handles that, she's also a blogger, writer, also a professor, um, has been a professor at the University of Florida. Um, so she's quite accomplished. Um, in fact, to quote one of my former coworkers when we interviewed Katie, he scribbled on a piece of paper so she couldn't see it. This girl's more qualified than she realizes. Uh, and I think that about her every day that I get to work with her. So... Uh, I'm super excited to have her on the podcast because I often mention you, Katie, on the podcast, or I'll flat out say, I'll have to ask Katie about that, or I'm saying that Katie probably knows better than I do. Um, so, Katie. I think my SEO on your website is better than the SEO on my own website. It, it probably me. is. It probably so, is. I hope I'm your number one referral of traffic. Except I think Kate, the Katie R. Zombie series is actually doing way better. Yes, for those of you. Look that up sometimes. Those of you don't know, Google Katie Allred Zombie series. And uh, you'll you'll get a, you'll get a huge kick out of that. Um, so anyway, so today we're just gonna we're gonna talk about Katie, all things Katie, um, and kind of unpack a little bit about how you do what you do. Um, so I have not prepped Katie for any of these questions. Um, so here we go. First thing I want to talk to you about is your typical week. Like, assuming that there is a typical week for one, and if there is one, what would it look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, and I was actually going to write a blog post about this one day, 
but that didn't happen. So um, every Monday I get like a transcript of the sermon and I like to go through the sermon, just highlight good quotes and break it up. And then I like to go through our calendar and do the same thing. And then I'll schedule out social media pretty much all day Monday. So like copywriting goes on on Monday and then throughout the week it's uh just whatever kind of comes in through our you know communications request system and I'm trying to think I'll meet with our pastors and talk with them about what we can do for social media and that kind of stuff what's your official job title I forgot to ask you that my official job title is web content manager so you're you're weak, yeah. <laughs> so your your week. Let me ask you: Is your week normal, or is it like very? Uh, it's varied for the most part. I think the only time that I feel like uh, I'm doing something every week is that social media copywriting is something I do every Monday. Like it's something I do every week, week in and week out. But I feel like a lot of times it goes with what's going on with events and stuff like that because I'll cover those. So a lot of times I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of varied. And then I can, you know, I also do Mike's blog. So that kind of ebbs and flows with him as well. And Mike is who? Our, our senior pastor. Our senior pastor. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm asking you, like, you don't, like you don't know who he is. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just asking for the audience. So, okay. So here's a question though. When you, you are, you spend a, from my outsider perspective in the sense of, I don't, you know, uh, I don't mind your day-to-day work in a in a truly like sit over your shoulder type of sense. Um, you seem to spend a tremendous amount of time copywriting. Where does how do you not how do you not get uh, obviously bored would be the right word. But yeah, but how do you how does how's it how do you keep that how do you keep that from being mundane? Because I think I would imagine a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. who are over social media are probably thinking. They feel like they feel like somebody who's got to cook dinner for their family and has to find like the thirty second way to make chicken good for their kids. Yeah. So how do you prevent that yeah. in social media? That's gonna sometimes it is hard to do because it does get mundane and sometimes you're just like I don't know, it feels like the same thing over and over again. It helps that our events vary throughout the year, so mm-hmm. I'm always having to think of something different. But um and for that, for, like, the mundane tasks that feel like they come in every week, I do have, like, a Google sheet that mm-hmm. I use. Um, it's similar to what Edgar does. Like, they have they write a lot of copy, and then they'll go in and use that same copy over and over again. Right. Because for most things, uh, with Facebook or Twitter, uh, it doesn't matter if you say the same thing. It just matters that you say it consistently. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that a lot. And then for things that just feel, I don't know, when it starts feeling mundane, I start trying to think outside the box. Like, I haven't done this in a while. I haven't cut video of worship in a while. Mm-hmm. I haven't um, interviewed Mike or Pastor in a while, something like that. And I'll try to mix up what our audience is seeing because if I'm bored, I think they're probably bored too. I was going to ask you that. Do you, do you feel that way? Do you feel, like, do you feel like you yourself are the audience? Yeah, a lot of times I do. So if I, if I feel like, you know, I'm seeing a lot of the same thing, then I want them to be able to see something different. So that means it's probably time for us to do a story or an interview or something just uh, out of the box. And something I've been trying to focus on this year and I'll try to focus on more into the next year is instead of just doing promotional content, doing uh, discipleship type content where I'm asking more about 
what can I be praying for? Like, what can the church be praying for for you? Just more personal questions, mm-hmm. making it more about the individual user and less about just the church telling you, you can come to this, you can come to this, yeah. you can come to this. So within that, obviously you have, you want to keep it lively for yourself, but how do you also keep in mind what a win is? In other words, I, I, I'm asking, how do you define, what, how do you define a win in social media? I feel like a win is something that's completely out of the normal. Cause like our mm-hmm. reach will happen a lot. Like we'll get high reach a lot. I feel pretty consistently these mm-hmm. days we'll get 4,000, 5,000 reach. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's completely inconsistent, like an outlier in that is like when we had, uh, we cut a Christmas clip and we reached 4.5 million news feeds. That was an outlier. I feel like that was a big win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but how do you replicate that? That's kind of the question I feel like. And so, and a lot of times you just can't because that was Christmas and it's just different. Yeah. I think a little bit of that with that Christmas situation was, you know, we reached, we reached what, 4.9 or 5 million, but what we, we couldn't figure out was what made that, different? what made that happen. And part of that was the fact that it was on Facebook. <clears throat> yeah. Facebook was a huge part of that. I don't think it would have done as well on YouTube. Actually, I think I put the clip on YouTube and it didn't do as well. Um, and I think YouTube, it works better if, like, we had Laura Story a couple of summer, a couple of years ago, summers, Christmases ago, and her videos that we cut and put on YouTube actually have worked really, really well, but it was Laura Story, so people are looking for her. Yeah, and I think the other thing was within that Facebook, though, it, yeah, it reached 5 million on Facebook, but we couldn't tell. Facebook doesn't give you enough data for you and sure. I to figure out yeah. why did this do what it did, right? Right, and they, and they count a view as watching three seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a substantial view. Right. And then also the song wasn't a very well-known song. It was actually a very, like, it just came out, like, last year. It wasn't a really well-known song, especially for choirs to sing. So I just didn't know what could have been, you know, what would have made it. Yeah, because you more special than any other. Yeah, because you and I actually put a different clip up there. Like it was like Little Drummer Boy, and I think I made the assumption when you told me that that, that it was, it was a Little Drummer Little Boy. Drummer Boy because yeah. I thought, oh, that clip's going to kill that for our, our for our audience. Yeah. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is, you know, a win is sometimes a little difficult to define. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I feel like. A big win we saw recently was something I wasn't expecting was just a baptism picture that said we had we baptized 22 people today. Yeah. And it got 500 likes. Now, it got hardly any shares. I mean, it maybe got 10 shares. And we'll get content that has more shares than likes. And I feel like sharing, I've put more credibility on sharing than liking. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, liking also technically shares it. Because Facebook right. brings it back up into the algorithm of your friend like this, so it's technically shared with you. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I, I think I think part of it is a little bit of. I mean, this sounds like people are so lazy, but the reality of it is, clicking a heart button is different than clicking a share and then saying, "I think you think you have the option to like share to my timeline," or right, right, right. you know, just like okay, that's one less thing I got to do. Especially if you're on, I'm I'm assuming especially if you're on a mobile device. Yeah. There's a little more ease in the way that functions. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your social networks, our social networks across the board, um, if I told you tomorrow, you got to take one of them away. You can't use one of them. It's going to go away. We're going to delete the account. Which one are you willing to lose? Twitter probably by far. I just think, I mean, I love Twitter for my personal use. I think Daryl loves Twitter for his personal use. I do love Twitter. But I do not feel like our church – 
like really response to Twitter. Now mm-hmm. we have three thousand followers. Right. By any account, that would be a lot of followers. Right. People would be like, I died to have that many followers. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's still. I mean, it, I would say it's just almost as high as our Facebook. I mean, we have forty five hundred on our Facebook. Right. And so it's not that much lagging. But the problem is, is that we don't use Twitter in a way that communicates one-on-one right. with the end user. Um, and we don't think the return on investment really is quite there for us to... I, do you think Do you think it's part of it is because our audience just isn't on Twitter? I think that's a big part of it. I mean, obviously we, our audience is on Twitter. There's 3,000 well, people. Yeah, but we'd never said it. But I never, would say a lot of those people are right. people who are just looking for Brentwood Baptist, not even people who go here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't I, even go here. Right, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't even go she here. Even go here. Yeah, like, I totally get that because um, I've often wanted to like. I think it's just a place for people to tag us, you know, like when they're yeah. talking about us. Like I think. Well, is it, yeah, and, and the other thing is it's more for like news. I, I think <laughs> I, I've, I've been come to the, the realization that numbers are really vanity measures. Yeah, and to a certain de- to a certain degree, you know, you can claim you have a hundred thousand Twitter Twitter followers. But the reality of it is, is what's your influence over them? Mm-hmm. And I think what you and I talked about is, is like, while Twitter is great, um, well, first off, well, first off, our people are slow adopters, even though they're early adopters, they're actually slower adopters. Oh yeah, than you they're very slow. <laughs> so you get rid of Twitter, which I, I think if, I, if I'm in you, up in your, in, I mean, if I'm in the same, ask the pose the same question, I think it's the one I would get rid of. Um, I think somebody asked me the other day about Facebook and. It's great for the individual. I don't right. think it's great for, like, I mean, I can see where it's great for brands when yes. they have customer right. support. Like, that's where I go is Twitter. Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't delete our Twitter just, I mean, like, I wouldn't just delete it if we weren't going to use it anymore because I think it's still good for customer support. Like, if somebody needs yeah. to reach us on a Sunday right. morning quickly, right. Right. Twitter's a great way to reach out. But right. nobody really does it. No, 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 no. I don't. I think by far, if we're going to get somebody who's going to hit us up, they're going to hit us up via Facebook. Yeah. Now, when you're looking at growth, though, if you say, if I say they're okay, okay, let's fast forward to 18 months from now, which is the network that you think is going to have the highest growth? Probably still Instagram. Instagram? For us, yeah. I would think Instagram's really been growing for us in the last year. I mean, we reached 1,000 last year, and I feel like maybe we're at 1,400 now. Yeah, we're, 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 we're close to like 1,300, 1,400 last time I checked. Yeah, so I feel like it's growing a lot for us, especially with scheduling stuff like Grum, mm-hmm. Grum.co. Yeah. Uh, not that we're getting paid by them, but right. they can if they want. <laughs> they can. They can pay us if they want. <laughs> we tell everybody about them. We do. So uh, they actually let you schedule out Instagram from your computer, which is great because then I can go on designfeed.io, another name drop, mm-hmm. and just create like graphics from the sermon transcript like all day. Like, And I'll do that pretty much all day, Monday or Tuesday. I'll be creating graphics for like a month, like for the whole month, not right, for right, a month. Right. But, um, and then just scheduling them out. So, uh, and then putting hashtags and relevant stuff like that. So you see the growth there. However, do you see though, because the question I have on terms of growth, like I'm excited about the growth of Instagram, but until I can 
but to do the call to actions are very limited in the sense Yeah, you of, just have. It's like, you know, LinkedIn somebody, profile. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I think, uh, was, I think Gary Vaynerchuk called it a magazine. It's like a magazine. Like you, yeah. there are, you can have call to actions, but somebody physically has to go somewhere else to do something else to, right. to, to, to answer yeah. that. So it kind of begs the question is, is well, it's great for building up the visual representation I mean, of the brand. I think Facebook's technically growing the fastest for us still. Oh, is it? Still, I would still say that Facebook's. So when you look across the board and you say, okay, so let me pose this next question to you. Now, I'm not saying that the next generation is going to like it. Right. Because I think that they look at Facebook like the white pages. Yeah. Like, I have it because I need to look up people and I might need to message right. them later. But I'm not using it. So what do you think the next generations are going to look at? They look at Snapchat private messaging mm-hmm. type things uh, where they can share photos and stuff one-on-one. Mm-hmm. They're much more like that rather than having a public wall. I feel like they mm-hmm. do okay. not like living in the public light. I feel like they're, I don't know, maybe seeing the repercussions of mm-hmm. what other people right. have experienced on Facebook. And they are I don't know if they're being smarter or if they just really like being, I don't know, it's almost exclusive. Maybe yeah. that's the feeling that they get. Like, I can only share this with these people, and I don't have to figure out all these rules on Facebook to share this just with my boss. Like, I don't, if I don't want to share these things with my no, boss. No, that makes sense. Do you, do you think, let me ask you this, do you think that people are getting better at going public persona, private persona, and going like, this is going to be public me, that my boss and my resume, this is X. Yeah. And then this is private. You know, like, yeah. I'm going to use, like, you know, I'm going to have a private Instagram account that's just for me and my my friends or, you know, messaging, whatever that is. Um, is. I'm not really sure. I feel like they are less likely to think of it like that as we are. Mm-hmm. Like, because I feel like growing up, I had my online life and then I had my, you know, my regular life. Yeah. Please, please. By the way, can you tell the audience a little bit about your online life growing up? So <laughs> I'm looking for two words, Harry Potter. So I had Harry Potter growing up and, um, I worked at a, I worked on a website called Harry Potter fan zone and it's technically an Australian fan site. So, um, and I moderated a forum there, which is why I think I just, I, I grew up moderating a forum. I think that's why I, I love our church communications group so much because like that is what I grew up <laughs> yes, doing. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like I thrive there because that's my jam, you know? Katie's <laughs> referring to our church, our church Facebook communications group. Yes. So yeah, that's pretty much just what I grew up doing. So, um, where was I going with that? Okay, so yeah. yeah, so I had this separate online life. So like every afternoon after school, I was going home and working. Um, I mean, I used my name. It's not like they didn't know my name. Right. Which is probably a little scandalous for a twelve year old. <laughs> um, but um, but still, I felt like there was definitely my digital life with my digital friends, and then I had my regular friends who were not online at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but now today, everybody's online. Like before, like. None of my friends knew how to use the internet, really. Right. I mean, you know, right. MySpace came along, yeah, and exactly. that kind of blew yeah. up everything out of the water. Right. But um, before then, it was just like us. So the digital space. Of so it's funny because you and I, when we talk about our communication strategy, we typically talk about our social media networks. Mm. Very rarely do you and I sit down and have a good long conversation about communication strategy in terms of our website. Right. Do you think, because I, I have a hypothesis, do you think that the church website, in terms of how it functions and it's, I guess its role, is changing? Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I wouldn't say it was, I don't know if it was it's changing necessarily. I, I feel like right now our page is very informational. Yeah. Our website is very informational. It's not very interactive. Right. And so I don't know if that has to change um, hmm. and what that looks like. I, I, I don't really know. So I guess we'll have to play that one by. I don't know how we would make it more interactive. Yeah. You know, like more forms. I mean, nobody wants a form. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's, I guess that's what, I'm, that's what I'm driving at is, yeah. is, so what does the website in the future look like in the sense that, is it more like a Wikipedia in the, and more like wiki in the sense of the fact that it's, it's you got, you got user contributed information that can contribute to it. Um, but the reality of me making it a destination in terms of, community is I think I think almost a little foolhardy given the fact that people already are invested in a lot of other communities. Are you talking like BrentwoodBaptist.com? Yeah, I'm talking yeah, I'm talking BrentwoodBaptist.com. Like or any church website for that matter. Yeah, like, no, I mean it's not a community now. I think it's just gonna stay like it is probably for a while unless there's some So then the so my question then I guess honestly is is if I'm a visitor, it does help me with kind of informing who you are. Yeah. In, in, in a very natural, um, like, dry sense of, like, this is who I am. These are the facts. Maybe here's a video. Here's this. Mm-hmm. But to really get a sense of who you are, social media to me gives me a much more in-depth experience about who this church is as a, a community, uh, as, a, as an organization slash community group, if you will. So I'm wondering, is does that change the nature of, you know, uh, is, is, is that change the way we organize information, present information? If, if really at the end of the day, what this is, is this is just how do you better present information to the audience mm-hmm. versus. Which I think that changes all the time. Yeah. I mean, like right now we have a slider and sliders are kind of old. So we need to probably figure out what's next. For right. That, right. You know, what's, just, what's, what, what, we launched flyers and sliders are going out of style. Yeah. Well, we didn't. I mean, well, everybody wants a slider, though. That's the problem is that, you know, everybody who isn't used to new web technology just thinks this will work for all of our ads and stuff. Well, OK, so that brings you a good question. We did the slider because honestly, we have like five ads. We have five. We have five main ads every Sunday. So, and, and part of it is, is you know, who wants to tell the missions minister? I know you can't have this. You can't have home page space. So, how do you recommend somebody who's sitting here listening to this podcast? And, and this is like I, I get this a lot from our church communications group. Yeah. Is how do you help people manage or understand manage expectations, but setting priorities on social media so the fact that one ministry or thing doesn't dominate the whole channel yeah um we talked about that actually i just emailed someone about that so like the children's ministry they're not on the front page right now or anything but we have a calendar Mm -hmm. and they'll sometimes create a calendar event that'll span the whole month and that puts it at the top of the calendar right right. okay and so (laughs) which is great for them because they're at the top right but that's not like yeah. no. I don't have children, and a lot of people don't mm-hmm. that go to our church. So we don't need to promote a children's event for the entire yeah. month, right? Um, when honestly, it's not even an event. It's like a it's an informational type yes, thing. Yes. So it needs to be more like a page. And um, and honestly, that if they want to promote it for the whole month, the better way to do it is not to make it an event on our website. Is to make it a a promotional thing on Facebook, like to just push it through social media right. again and again and again, reminding people of praying for missions instead of 
just saying here's an event on our website and it's done. Like I feel like that's just the easy cop out. Like it's like yeah. oh there's a check mark on I did how, this. Okay, so then let me ask you this: How hard is it to to educate people on that? How hard have you found that? Um, and once I explain the logic behind it, I think they understand it. It's not. I don't think it's the uh, the understanding that's the problem. I think it's the willingness. Okay. Okay. See, it's funny thing is I, I agree. I, I think there's a certain degree of that. I think there's also a sense of like, I think there's a sense of, well, and I'm speaking for our church. I think there's a sense of being overwhelmed. Oh yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people are really overwhelmed and then, and then they're looking at me like, well, isn't this your full-time job? <laughs> right. Shouldn't you just be promoting this the entire <laughs> right. time for me? Right. Which would be fine. Like I would if they told me to, but for the most part they don't. And they would rather it be in their ball court because they like to handle things. You know, they like to, I don't know, hover over their projects, I guess. Um, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. I want to give them all the control they want. So, um, in that case, I just, you know, let them roll with it yeah that makes and i think i, I agree i think that makes sense i think you um i, I could see that i think I, I wonder sometimes for churches who deal with this in terms of message management if you will um i think that's always difficult for them to say yes and no to, to say yes things. and no to things yeah luckily our our calendar's planned for like a year ahead yeah so for the most part nothing comes out of the I tell people that, and they they're like, "Are you serious?" Like, yeah, it's like literally we plan things out. A it's year not too advance. hard to do. I don't think. It's I mean, not. like, because you know, Easter's coming, VBS is coming. Yeah, these are Christmas, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. Annual report is probably coming if y'all do that. Uh, but we're we have very, budget. Yeah. Every year, so like, I mean, these are things that come every year. Maybe you have a revival every year. Like, you know, that's coming. Like, in, our, <laughs> in our church, in our church culture, for the most part, don't get us wrong though. It's only like technically when we're recording this it's like 12 days to easter and we're still freaking out about it so like don't think we, we're great or anything no we just met about our print pieces literally like 20 minutes Philippians ago. 312 y'all exactly <laughs> so we yeah we plan a year advance now the funny thing is, is i would tell you one thing though is we have a church culture that actually moves pretty slow and i don't mean that in a disparaging way it moves pretty slow however our team is different because our team i think is one of the we're the, probably the most fast moving team in a, in a environment that's actually really really slow um so, questions, other questions I have for you, Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, biggest pet peeve on social media? Mm, using hashtags on the wrong, like, network. Oh, or, really? Yeah, which, which I mean, I'm, like, kind of, or the way people, not, okay, not even using them on the wrong network, because, I mean, Facebook <laughs> technically has them now. Right. But, like, using them as a theatrical aside rather than using them as a topic. Oh, okay. So a lot of people do that's hashtag a, sitting by my brother. That's a like, theatrical aside. I love I that. I think that's what I think of them as. And nobody really has ever said that. But that is what they are. Like a theatrical aside is when you look at the audience and make a quick mention, a quick comment right. on what's happening. I'm stealing this, by the way, theatrical aside. And that is what is happening. Yeah. Ha- like, what, I mean, a lot of people have gotten better at hashtags, but that's what everyone's doing is they're making it into a theatrical aside, making it into a snarky remark that they can say right. really quickly because right. there's right. no spaces. That's not – if you want to say something real quick with no spaces, just say that, but don't make it a, a hashtag. That's not how hashtags work. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think that's a great point. That's a great point. That's a great point. That's not what they're for. That's a great point. That's, that is a really, really good point. That's not how this works. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's a fantastic pet peeve to have. Yeah, well, it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Note to self. Hashtag note to self. Don't do that. Um, what do you? What's one belief that you have about social about social media that you think most people disagree with? 
I think you don't have to uh, necessarily. <sighs> I have to copy my breathing out here, but I think you like don't have to necessarily like. Um... I don't know. Repeat the question. Sorry. If you have to no. The the question is is like if there's one belief that you have about social media that mm-hmm. if you were to ask if if what's the one belief that you have that most people disagree with oh so i schedule everything out for everything at one time like for facebook twitter and like mm-hmm. linkedin mm-hmm. uh across the board at the same time so everything's under 140 characters anyway mm-hmm. um and I don't really differentiate. Mm-hmm. Like I don't ever just make stuff for Twitter, and right? Then, because right. I just don't feel like the ROI, the yeah. the time I spend, right, is returned. Exactly. I I, I couldn't agree more for me. Yes. So I feel like that's one thing that differs. I, I completely see your point. <laughs> yes. And it's great. Like you can do that if you got time for it. That's totally your ball game. You go for it. But like I just don't think that's a return on investment is high enough for me to justify my time, your time cost doing it to like uh, have to spend all day like making tweets for every 20 minutes. Um, and plus I feel like that everybody would be tired of you by then anyway. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's, I, I it's, it's ironically asked, the, I, I asked you the question, what most people disagree with you with? And I actually agree with you on it. And I get, actually, I get a little bit almost irritated at people who, who approach this subject matter in terms of social media and the channels, they, they, they approach it like it's biblical law. Like it, this is, you should never. Yeah. And I'm always like, when you speak in this hyperbole type of like never, or you speak with like, almost like or like you're a higher authority. Exactly. Like you to don't know you, anything. Everybody doesn't know anything. Well, like, it, everybody's just like trying to figure it out. You know, like nobody's a perfect expert. Nobody's an, if you call yourself an expert, I don't believe you. Yeah. There Ever. you go. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm an expert at this. Exactly. Because I guess I'm not. The, way I, the, way, the way I look at it is is when you're dealing with atoms, and I'm, and I'm talking about atoms, A-T-O-M-S, the science, if you're, you're dealing with physical things, those rules and those laws very rarely ever change. Gravity happens. Right. When you're dealing with ones and zeros, yeah. code. Yeah. Things change all the time. Sure. Code evolves and improves. Well, and it's not just that. It's not just code and alg- algorithms. Yeah. But it's also just social. Like, exactly. it's also like... The rules of social etiquette change. Yeah, and don't you also think that the people who actually really care about this stuff are the people actually only people who know about this stuff? In other words, if I put something and I, I I tell I tell I tell if this then that, grab the Facebook photo, cross post it to Twitter, and it's it's little IFTTT link. You think Sally Sue over there really gives a flying flip if we turned around and we post it? But they don't know. They no, don't they care. No, they don't care. Yeah, they I feel don't like care. they really do not mind at all. Like I feel like if the only time I would stop doing that is if like our executive pastor, hey Brian, if he said <laughs> that, like if he was like, hey, I want you to stop doing that, I would like stop doing it. BrianDodger.com. But yeah. um, otherwise, probably not. Like I just feel yeah. like nobody, like the end user, just doesn't. They don't care, care I, because they I don't know enough. Like, I agree with you, and I get really, yeah, I get really, really irritated. On, and I also get irritated in somebody, I got a little bit of a, uh, not tiff, I, I disagreement on this. I also disagree with people who say cross-promoting as well. Like, you should never promote your Twitter channel, Twitter, your Twitter username, and your Facebook, and your Facebook, and your Twitter, and, which I think is completely, 
the I think it's that, makes fine. No, that makes no sense to me. You're it's you're, fine. you're gonna you're, it's it's like it could because you're, and here's what here's my reason here's my reasoning behind it is is you're assuming that every network has self discovery mechanisms built into them by which you can build the community and people can share the content mm-hmm. and that's not true for Snapchat. Um, it's the one I can immediately think of. It's not really it's 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 not really true for Instagram. Yeah. Because Instagram, you're totally relying on the explore. People can't really share your content without using like a repost app. So at the end of the day, again, I think we're speaking we're, – we're trying to lay, lay down this – what I really feel for is anybody who's getting into social media for the first time and they see all this stuff, all these rules. And they're terrified. They're terrified. And you, and I, you and I know because we get the emails and we see the, the messages. Going, just start. Just start it and they're like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, okay, step one, h- have fun. Yeah. Step two. Don't take yourselves too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. So (laughs) we talked about this the other day, actually, like the rules of social media Mm. are the same as the rules of real life. Yeah. Like what I learned in kindergarten applies to social media, like be kind, share, share with others. Yes. Uh, be consistent. So continually show up in your friend's life. That's the point. That's the whole, that's how you make a friendship, you guys. And then just be yourself, you know, don't be somebody else. Just do you. Just do you. Katie Allred, just do you. I think I found a new tagline for your blog. Uh, All right, let's close with this. Um, And there's one piece of advice you can give somebody who is just starting out on social media. They're running their church's social media, and they've been given the keys to the car. They literally said, hey, you run the Twitter account. You run the Facebook page. You run the Instagram account. Bingo. What are you going to tell them to do? What's the... What's one piece of advice? Set a poot suite. <laughs> really? But yeah, I mean, that would probably be the first thing I would tell them. I mean, is to do that. So create a, da- create a dashboard. Sure, yeah. Just create a place where you can do all those things at one time and stop freaking out. Like, there's, like, you don't have to worry about each. Like, I mean, yes, you need to worry about each individual one yeah. and see which one's working best for you because right. you may want to cut off one yeah. like we talked about earlier. Right. But if, um, but if not, just don't don't worry. Don't, don't freak worry. out. Like, just start, yeah, just start small. And uh, I would say, you know, and also something I would start off with out of the gate is just images. Right. Images and video. Yeah. Do those. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Katie, thank you for the, uh, this is the first, you are the first interview I've ever done on this podcast. This is podcast. my first podcast, so. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, I'm technically the intro voice for Mike's podcast now. You are. If you want to listen to Creating Real Marriages That Last with Mike Glenn, you can hear my wonderful voice at the beginning. And I'm not married, guys. <laughs> That's right, folks. I forgot to mention, folks. Katie is single. Katie is also – how tall are you? Are we, at, are we advertising right now? <laughs> we are advertising. Oh, yeah. Because we have – actually, we do. We have one. We have one. We have, a, we have, a, we have an announcement. We have an announcement at the end of this. I forgot about that. But real quick, how tall are you? I'm like six. But I'm like 5'11 and three quarters technically. True my, story all my for, family's super tall. True story. When Katie walked in the door at the first time, um, our web engineer at the time, Josh, was extremely upset that Katie towered over him. Sorry, he, man. <laughs> he was like, you didn't tell me she was tall. Um, we do have an announcement. And I'm glad I'm glad you said advertisement. Katie and I are working on something special that we've been working on for a while. Um, Katie we're going to get out the door one day. We are going to get out the door because I have today I've got to write up the outline to get everything, uh, everything squared away. Katie, do you mm-hmm. want to tell them what we're working on? Sure. So you probably, if you're on our Facebook communications group, you've probably signed up for our email newsletter. And in the email newsletter, you've probably seen something called digital church training. And you've probably been like, what is that? Because <laughs> that has nothing to do with church communications Facebook group. 
But actually, we created the Facebook group to help launch digital church training. Uh, don't be like, feel like you're scammed or anything because you're not. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Oh, yeah. We're just going to talk about it on our blog post Friday. So don't yeah. freak out. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to like try to do anything crazy. Uh, but we are creating a course about copywriting, and that's going to be our first course that we're going to launch soon. And we're just really excited about teaching you more about copywriting and branding and social media. Um, right. From our perspective, which is, you know, Pretty yeah, are we thinking? traditionally Southern Baptist, but also yeah, we worked at we Katie and I've had the privilege of working in corporate environments and churches sure. that function in corporate environments, but we've also we've also grown up in churches that are smaller, sure, so we yeah. kind of we kind of know both 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 sides of the coin, yeah, if we, you will. I mean, we're at a mega church now, technically, I guess it's a mega church, and but I grew up in a church of eighty people, so right. how can I make it work for that? Right, um, and on a budget, you know that kind exactly. of stuff. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, we're really looking forward to the copywriting course, uh, to, just to help you maybe do your bulletins better, your brochures better, your exactly. promos, your copywriting for social media. And we'll start filming that course hopefully in the next three or four weeks, as soon as we get all of our stuff to, uh, nailed down, and then we're hoping uh, late spring we're going to have something to show you. Um, so we think that's going to be worth checking out, but we're going to kind of give like a little pre-announcement about that today. Um, that be on the lookout for that. And I'll talk a little bit more about it in the podcast as well. Thanks, Katie. Should be awesome. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Bye. bye. Thanks for listening to AskDaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.